0: Hello and welcome to Step Up Nigeria's podcast. Our podcast is an initiative built to create awareness of governance issues that highlight the cost of corruption and its impact on service delivery. Our podcast also hopes to build a society of people with integrity by catching them young and by also trying to solve service delivery challenges faced by everyday Nigerians. Welcome. On our podcast today, we will be discussing tackling social norms that drive corruption, taking lessons from Step Up Nigeria's initiatives over the past two years. We discuss key highlights from Step Up Nigeria's use of storytelling and the social norms approach to change attitudes and behaviors around corruption among young people and communities. To discuss this with me today, I have Step Up Nigeria Directors, Executive Director Oni Oh, and Program Director Zainab Harina. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Um, so, Oye, I would like to start with you. Um, what are some of the most significant highlights for you from Step Up Nigeria's work um, over the last, uh, our second year?
1: Thank you, for me. Um, I think there's been many highlights this year, but for me, what has stood out really are three things. One, of course, is the film, um, because it's something I've been looking forward to from even before Step Up Nigeria was born, and so it's quite nice to see that it makes money um, Anti-Corruption Storybook has been turned into a film, so it was that was really exciting. Has been exciting to to see, um, and then the other one is the Step Up Media. You know, having the YouTube channel actually um, has been exciting as well to see and seeing the potential it could have, and um, if we have the right content, um, and and it's been yeah, so that's been quite good to see the way it's grown from. I don't know, two followers or something in January to like 600, and I don't know, 19 subscribers. And the amount of content in there within six months, you know, has been impressive. Um, and then the learning and development website as well has really, you know, also been exciting for me because it's something as an anti-corruption practitioner, even before Step of Nigeria, I've always wanted to do. Um, and um, I'm quite happy that, you know, Somehow, even though it wasn't even in the original design, was COVID that brought up, you know, that made that happen. And so somehow, what something that I've always wanted to do, you know, as a, as an inscription practitioner, is now even into to COVID. So um, I'm with that as well. Um, and just because the learning and development website, you know, um, would I see it as a potential tool. You know, for doing you know anti-corruption trainings in a more cost-effective way. Even though for now we're just targeting teachers and we're still trying to find out the technology and trying to, um, you know, know which target audience would, you know would um, benefit from it the most. But I really see going forward the potential for that being, you know, our key um, go-to you know website that people, you know, doctors can go to, journalists can go to, different people can go to to learn to get their how-to guide you know on
0: anti-corruption. Thank you very much. Um, so Zainab, what, what would you say from your end has been most significant about the past year?
2: Um, thanks for Me. I think for me everything that Oney <clears throat> one has mentioned has been quite exciting um, and in addition to that I'm thinking a lot of the results that we're seeing from our work are very encouraging as well. Um, I mean it's one thing to go to for instance, go to schools and speak to children and try to educate them about corruption um, and living there hoping that you've made a change, but coming back and actually seeing the change. I mean, we have a lot of the children, um, some of the feedback that we're getting on some of the actions that they are taking, speaking to their parents, talking to their siblings, challenging their friends, asking their uh, people around them to act more more honorably, act with integrity, even speaking up to their teachers as well. I mean, um, all of that that we see coming out as a result of us going to schools and talking to children about the negative impact of corruption and why they should take a stance against it. And seeing them actually take that stance, I think for me has been really fulfilling. Um, And it's significant for our work because it's showing us that we can achieve this change that we're looking to make. Um, If we tackle, if we work with children, we will see the results that we're hoping to get and hopefully as we expand and reach more children in our programs those children there will be a ripple effect um, through our anti-corruption young anti-corruption champions program where they will now influence other people as well other children around them and eventually we'll be able to have like this collective um, of young people that will champion um, the cause of corruption and uh, anti-corruption in Nigeria so that for me has been
0: really exciting. Thank you, Zainab. Um, and I would just like to add, piggy banking from that, is um, how our young anti-corruption champions have started to become more known. So we've gone to schools, spoken to about the dangers of corruption, and now we have young anti-corruption champions who have um, traveled outside Nigeria to give public speeches. We have more champions who have written poems, who have spoken up in their families, who have spoken to their parents about stopping um, corruption that they see them doing. So We have actual proof that we're raising young people, whatever the number, we have a young army of people who are taking a stand against corruption, which is fantastic. Um, So Oye, as an anti-corruption expert, um, it's been two years of testing the storytelling approach to tackling social norms that drive corruption. Um, Do you believe this is a a novel or a good approach to tackling corruption and any successes from that approach so far?
1: Um, So thank you, Farami. It's still early days. To conclude fully, if this is the, you know, like I would rather use best approach to tackle corruption. However, I would say the early results we're seeing is really encouraging. Um, the fact that, like Zinev had just mentioned, you know, just going to schools and then actually seeing, because it's one thing when you're designing these things. Sometimes we say yes, we, you know, we want to train children and hopefully they start to act. But you don't really know how that action is going to happen. You don't really know you know, if it's really going to happen, but you're hoping that it will happen. And then when you actually design an initiative and you're seeing some of the results, you know, and you're actually seeing people reporting changes, then I think it's very encouraging. So some of the results, so the storytelling actually is quite impactful. And, and you know, storytelling is not just, it's something that, and I mean, many organizations are also begin to use that term these days. Everybody now is also talking of storytelling because they're seeing the potential it has. I mean, the Bible, the stories in the Bible is, you know, through storytelling, and um, for those of us who used to watch tales by the moonlight those days on Sunday evenings at five o'clock, those are stories, you know, about why the lion has this or why the tortoise has no, you know, there's something about storytelling, right? Storytelling captures the minds of people. It gets you interested and you, it resonates with you. And I think if that has worked in other, you know, other areas, um, I'm not surprised that it may have the potential to work in the field of anti-corruption. And what we've seen with the maker's money and Halima's vote to see and children reading it they begin to think about the character they begin to kind of you know think through the situation they begin to you know it's kind of resonates with them right and which is why i'm not too surprised we are seeing some of the impact that's you know rather early results that we're getting like for example the fact that many students you know now uh, have made pledges not to sell their votes in courts you know like um, for the purpose of those don't, who don't know um some schools in nigeria do hold student elections um, and the practice in you know from what we gathered from the, the targeted schools we've been to is that um, people tend to you know bribe other students with sweets biscuits you know, whatever favors at that level that they give to each other to get them to vote for them or well, reading halima's vote and seeing the fact that the mindset of children are changing towards this Um, attitude of giving gifts to to actually, um, you know, rather campaigning properly and convincing people on why they should vote for them. I think that that is very encouraging to see because um, we may think that something as trivial as children giving each other sweets to vote for them may, may not really help, but it does have an impact. And I know I used to hear stories of even parents, you know, help giving them, you know, those sweets and things to share I know people who have done that their parents actually even encourage that because that's like what we've accepted as a norm right you know um in Nigeria here to some extent where like you know food buying is quite common so the parents even to get their children to get those positions in that school preferred to whatever elections they are they are they are vying for um you know it's it's if their parents are supporting that the kids you know think that it's the right thing so I'm happy that with our messaging you know possibly those kids may even begin to Influence their parents in some way that no, actually they told us that it's actually not good. I don't really need to give them sweets. I think it's okay, mommy. I can actually just talk to them and to be fine. And you could see that sometimes we've not seen evidence of this, but there's a potential it could have. And we never even hear that because these are things that happen in the home, we've not really that hearing stories from how our work is influencing children at home. But you know, but um, in terms of the parents' angle, but um, I think it has the potential of you know also changing parents' mindset in this area. So, um, so, just even from that example, you know, and also the fact that children are also beginning to get more encouraged to challenge you know setting you know may not always be corruption, but you know, like bad acts or immoral things that they see or you know within the school environment is also encouraging because we want that society where people you know have a generation of leaders who do not tolerate you know wrongdoing or corrupt practices and things. So, I think, yeah, so from what we are seeing and some of the feedback from teachers and the students themselves, it's encouraging to see that storytelling really has a potential, a very strong potential to change not only attitudes, but the behaviour of children in the area of, um, of um,
0: acting against corruption. OK, thank you, Oye. Um So Zainab, um, from that as well, Using the, story, um, the storytelling approach is, 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 is a new area that is still being tested, like Oyin has said. So are there any significant challenges um, that have been faced and identified? Um, and start with that, and then how has Step Nigeria been able to overcome some of these challenges?
2: Um, <clears throat> um, um, generally, just looking at where we're at, um, I mean, it's 2020. So of course we've had we've had challenges in um, because typically what we do is we go to the schools um, and <clears throat> use our storytelling techniques to engage children within the schools. But of course we haven't been able to do that um, because of the coronavirus um, this year, and so. Um, so we are now trying to pivot, we are pivoting our, our system, um, our, our approach system and trying to leverage on technology. Um, Oni mentioned earlier that we have a learning and development website um, that we set up and that was in response to the challenge of the coronavirus. Um, how could we continue to um, engage children and um, teach them about corruption um, while they were at home and you know we, we, we weren't going to work. So that's why we set up that system. Um and so far there have been um challenges. Um, I think fundamentally there's still that um there's still that digital that divide um, we're trying to get technology into the education sector. Our education sector has been primarily um face-to-face engagement, so we haven't really used technology until the coronavirus. So that's still presenting some challenges, but I'm hopeful that you know as we continue to navigate this, because um it seems that we might still be navigating this for a while, um, we will now become more comfortable. Um, in using these systems for step up as well, but also I, I also appreciate that this extends to many other people who have in school engagements um, and even the children for the education um, system as well. Um, and also what, what we're also trying to do, we're also trying to leverage our, our social media platforms, specifically YouTube. Um, so that we could design um, easy easy to watch videos for children that they could watch during this period and not just for children, also for adults as well, so that they could continue to get access um, to the learnings, to the teachings, the trainings. While they were at home, but in easier to watch mode, um, so not extensive, lengthy sessions, but quick to watch videos that you could watch um, and understand what corruption is about and understand a certain aspect of corruption. So we've been rolling that out since March, um, and so far we've gotten really good, um, good views, uh, good hits on 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 that site. And we're looking out; we're always looking out for other ways as well. We've done we've done quite a number of contests um, online um, to get more children interested, so that we can you know share tools and resources with those who are able to participate um, in the sessions um, with them. So we're trying out um, different, different things. Um, and so far our reception for our techniques have been very, um, you know, very welcoming within the school environment to children with the children, with teachers as well. And we've even seen instances where, because our it is not just about using storytelling, but we make it <clears throat> sorry, we make it fun generally. We make it engaging. We, you know, it's not like you're coming into a classroom and somebody's talking at you. Um, It's fun. It's engaging the children, participate. There are different activities that they do. So the children actually look forward to it. Um, And we see that some of the schools that we go to, they are, you know, trying to adopt some of the things that we use. Um, So some of the schools are, oh, this is quite interesting. Um, And they are trying to adopt some of the techniques that we use as well. So generally, the, the reception has been, you know, very welcoming. But of course, we have to, you know, navigate through this coronavirus period for now.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Zainab. Um, So, it's it's been two years again. So, um, what key lessons has Step Up Nigeria learned from work in the past two years? Yeah, thank you, Fermi. Um,
1: I think, you know, for Step Up Nigeria has, you know, about uh, three program areas. So, I think probably I would break them down according to our various initiatives because, um, I think each of them are unique in its own way, and have, they all have their different different lessons. Um, and one of the things I'll start with the Citizen Watchdog Initiative, which we haven't talked about. Um, so, Step Up Nigeria Citizen Watchdog you know, Initiative is really around building um, the capacity of you know the grassroots or the community to be able to participate in you know um, in anti-corruption and service delivery. Um, basically governance issues. Um, and we have the public sector audit, which is around equipping citizens with knowledge you know, on, on the, the, the audit report and for them to also think about how they can take action based on the findings from the audit report. And then we also have um, you know, the community engagement the, that we have that we're trying to build within communities where we empower them and build them with the necessary skills to participate effectively in governance processes, particularly around issues on anti-corruption and service delivery, um, and I think one of the lessons we're learning in this area is around the need, because um, to really have community anti-corruption champions to begin to build, you know, you know, strengthen the relationship at the community level, you know, to target to tackle social norms, you know, um, and corruption, we really need collective action. So while the Catch Them Young Initiative is working with young people in schools, we still need to get those people in the communities who, you know, are not necessarily, you know, they're not, they may not be that educated or they are so poor that they're faced with life issues and they can't, you know, um, engage or they don't even know how to engage effectively on these issues, but they would want to because they're the ones that are really hard hit by the poor governance structures, those communities that have no access to you know, good health care, they have no access to to good schools, they have horrible roads, they, they don't have power, or, you know, their, their challenges are, are at a different level. And I think one of the lessons we've learned is the need to, you know, build stronger relationships with those people at that level, with, at the community level, and work with them more, you know, in working out solutions to the issues within their communities. And um, So, and we uh, we think that we believe that having champions at the community level, particularly community anti-corruption champions, like we're having with young anti-corruption champions, may be a good way to start. And um, so, we're, we're learning the importance of doing that, so we we are hoping that would we'll deepen our work, you know, in that area. Um, and we're also learning that storytelling as well has an impact in this area. We've used storytelling to tell some of the audit stories, and we saw you know, the, the engagement of citizens on, on social media, you know, um, towards that um, um, story we told using infographics. Um, and we think that we can do more storytelling as well um, on some of this, you know, with the audit stories and also issues, stories coming from communities. Then going to Catch Them Young Initiative, I would say one key lesson learned really is the importance of anti-corruption tools and resources. The fact that it's one thing to go and talk to a school and say, "Oh, corruption is bad. Stop from here. That's fine." But I think it goes beyond just a talk or a lecture. And I think what we are finding, and which is why I guess our our approach is quite effective, is not just even any tool or resource, user friendly tools and resources, you know, that children, you know, can use, you know, and still you know, can use to remember what they've learned during the sessions and they can use to think about ways they can engage other people around anti-corruption. So anti-corruption tools and resources are really valued and even the schools have even said, you know, told us as well like how valuable they need, you know, those tools are and how they would, you know, there's a lot of demand for our tools and resources. So it's it's a critical lesson learned the importance of tools and resources for anti-corruption education and equipping schools, you know, with that and that's one way of ensuring that Anti-corruption education is institutionalized beyond the engagement of an NGO or an anti-corruption agency. It's those tools that keep the conversation going, um, and which is one key lesson learned. Um, Another one is around the important role of teachers. I mean, like even when we're designing this initiative, yes, we said, yeah, we'll train teachers. But to be honest with you, the more like we're engaging this program, the more I even feel like. know teachers actually may even have more role than even anti-corruption agencies themselves because there's a limit to to which we expect so much from anti-corruption agencies but teachers really really play a great role that i feel has not even been fully explored yet in building up because they have that role to build up you know that young generation you know that future generation people always you know they love their i mean like they never forget their teachers right they can either love or hate them but they never forget their teachers you know either for good or bad and so the ability to even train those teachers as well around this issue means that one where you know the key lesson is that it helps to sustain the, the 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 campaign as well beyond the life of step up nigeria and then we are sure that the future the young generation you know are being trained you know on the right values needed to be anti-corruption champions in society and which will make them good leaders you know in the future um so I think those are the key lessons that I will share, you know, um, when it comes to and then also on the step up media, still early days, but one of the things, again, linked to the storytelling is using that as well, using story, you know, and um, using the, the media platform, but true storytelling techniques has a great potential to actually get people beyond the classroom. So most of our initiatives are, you know, we have the custom Young initiative in the classroom, even our community, work but even those people beyond, so the middle class, the other people who we need us as well to organize and really join in tackling the, these norms, these behaviors that drive corruption. And so I've seen the media as a potential to still very early days, but just seeing it as something, you know, that could actually be that tool, you know, amongst other tools that we have to help tackle, um, to help you know, give messaging around the norms that drive um, corruption or the behaviors that drive you know, corruption in our society and even beyond. And, 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 and yeah, so those are the three key messages from our three work areas, lessons rather, learnt I would say that I've observed um, from our three key initiatives.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Oye. Um Zainab, anything to quickly add?
2: Yeah, I suppose yeah. I'd just like to. Yeah, I just like to just just one thing, which for me has been very um, eye opening, is how how important project design is. Um. So. So consultative design of of projects. Um, So usually what I see in the NGO space is a lot of people sit and design projects for for beneficiaries without actually engaging the beneficiaries and carrying them along through the process. And for me, over the past year, what Step Up has done, which has really changed the outcomes of our project, is carrying different stakeholders along. So at the design stage, you have people in um, and ask them questions and use that feedback to build projects. And even at Before you even, before we even implement, bringing them in and saying this is what we want to do, we talk to you about this. This is what we want to do. This is how we envisage it. Going, what do you think? Share your input with us, and using that to design the implementation steps has been really, um, really key way that we've been able to ensure that we achieve the impact that we're looking out for. Um, And for me, that has been really significant because you see that it helps the stakeholders to buy into the project. They own the project. So when you go back to them and say, okay, this is what we've done. They know what you're talking about and they are invested in it. And that makes all the difference. Um, And for me, that has been really one of like the most, the most, of like the most the key lesson that has come out and and it's something that i i am sure that we're going to continue doing um for all of our projects going forward carrying people along it makes so much difference and has been um a key lesson and helps to you know Mm -hmm. change even the way everything outcomes, uh, implementation, execution, everything just co- goes along much more smoothly um, than it would be otherwise if you just, you know, went in and started um, implementing off the bat. So that, yeah, that would, that's just wanted to mention that.
0: Yeah, thank you, Zainab, and thank you, Oye. Um From my experience also working um, in the FCT, I think we talked about it a little bit, but something that I think it's a key lesson we've learned is the importance of the characters of these stories. So we see from Emeka's Money film, including Emeka's Money, the storybook and Halima's votes, we hear feedback from schools, um, people using these characters in these stories to challenge other students. So in the story of the school where children were stopping selling and buying of votes, you heard them say, be like Halima. In, in cases where children are maybe helping their friends or doing something, but they say, are you a meka's friend? Don't be like a meka's friend. You know, telling, just pointing out that they understand the importance of these characters and these characters have become sort of icons, which is the importance of storytelling again, that people can now sort of idolize these characters and then emulate them and then choose the characters who they don't want to be like. So we're learning that character formation um, also helps children understand um, these things better. We've really done some um, amazing work this year. Stuff that we should really be proud of. Thank you very much, Zainab, and thank you, Oi. Um, and thank you all for listening to our podcast. Um, we hope that you listened to previous episodes as well. We have a series on COVID-19 and its effects on um, different sectors in Nigeria. So please give that a chance. And if you are yet to subscribe to Step Up TV YouTube channel, in this moment, www.youtube.com slash Step Up TV, that's our YouTube channel. So please check out our YouTube channel and all the content on there. And please let us know what you think about the podcast and the channel in the comment section there as well. Thank you so much for listening. Also, remember to follow us on social media at step underscore up underscore Nigeria. Thank you for your time. And thank you, Oyin, And thank you, today, again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, for me.